And a lot of people would do like workout videos and all that kind of stuff. It's just too many workout videos out there. there mm. There's nothing special about you. Don't just copy whatever people are doing. Just be you. Like create the content that you really truly want to convey the message to the, your audience. Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, welcome back to the Vince Del Monte podcast, and we've got a special interview here today. I just wrapped up a half day of coaching for the uh, first time here in my place in Franklin. I've got two special guests here, Daniel and Candice, and uh, they've got quite the phenomenal journey to building a massive online fitness business to multiple millions and uh, talking about how we're going to add more multiple millions in the coming years without uh, losing themselves in the process. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So let's just uh, share with our listeners uh, who you guys are, what you do, where you're from. You guys got a really cool story. And uh, let's just hear a bit about uh, uh, who you guys are and what you guys do before we dive into some of the key lessons and some of the big insights from today that are helping you guys continue to grow. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Daniel and I'm originally from Chicago and I moved out to Taiwan about nine years ago. And I uh, met my wife, and we got married a few years after that. And um, yeah, I've been living there and started off as a PE teacher. And then, shortly uh, a few years after that, then got into fitness, doing a fitness business with my wife. And then, you know, it's uh, long story short, we've grown that from just a free PDF over into, you know, a multi million dollar fitness company. Mm-hmm. Wait, how'd you guys meet? We actually met at church. Yeah, yeah. we met at church. Uh, in Chicago? No, 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 no this is in, Taiwan. Back in Taiwan. Back okay. in Taiwan. Yeah. So how did you end up in Taiwan? So I ended up in Taiwan when I was, uh, let me see, 19, I think. Went out there with my family for a short-term mission trip mm. and then really enjoyed it there and decided to take a year off of college and then go back and um, spend another year out there just uh, interning at the church, kind of helping out, and then also studying Chinese there for a year. And then it was that year that I took off that I met Candace. Oh, cool. So you guys met at the church. Yeah. How, yeah. Did, that, how did that go? Tell me that story. Uh, well, like, oh, you're talking too much, Candace. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, we met at church, and then I wanted to join the college group, and he kind of tricked me on that. He's like, oh, you have to give me your number in order to, to join the college group. I'm like, okay. So um, I gave him my number, and then he asked me out, like, literally next day or something like that. And then, anyway, so we um yeah we met met each other for like about three months but then he needed to go back to the state for uh, mm. finishing his school mm. and then so we kind of just like keep in touch with one uh, with each other but not really you know committed uh, mm. so to say even though we we know that we like each other mm. but since the future is uncertain so we want didn't want to do any commitment 
But um, anyways, um, five years later, he moved back. Uh, he got a job here in Taiwan. So yeah, we got back together and then we got engaged. Yeah. Very cool. So you've been married for how many years? Uh, coming uh, up on six years. Almost six years, yeah. yeah. What were you doing before you guys got married? Were you into the online fitness world or? Not at first. So I used to be, uh, I had I two, two jobs before I started my uh, fitness training. The first one is I used to be an engineer. Uh -huh. um, and then the second job, I, I was a flight attendant. Uh -huh. um, kind of just wanted to get uh, opportunity to see around the world so that I, I was a flight center for two years and a half and then that's when I got interested into fitness and then I got my uh, certification and then I moved back to Taiwan yeah gotcha and, and Daniel how'd you get into the online fitness world uh, so it was just through following different people on, on social media and um, the introduction into that in terms of building an online business was actually uh, through Craig. Uh, I mean, there was other people, like one of the first people was probably like, you know, Ty Lopez was probably uh -huh. one of those first guys here in my garage and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, I transitioned into hearing about Craig and then, you know, started working with Craig Valentine. And uh, yeah, so it just kind of transitioned uh, over the years in many different ways. Yeah. And now what does the business look like? So you guys connected, you got married, and you decided to start an online fitness business together. Yeah. Was that a, who led that conversation? How'd that go? Yeah, so initially it was more so of, I knew I didn't want to be a teacher anymore, and we, I didn't want to be in a situation where I was a teacher and I worked mornings, and Candice was a personal trainer and she worked at night, so mm. we didn't really get to see each other, because uh, our hours were the opposite, right? So. I knew I was like, okay, I want to be able to do something. So it's like, okay, let me just research any sort of things that we can start to do. So one of the things that we initially started with was actually Amazon FBA. That was just something I was like, oh, it's, you know, see all these gurus online, you know, preaching about how you can make money and just do an Amazon FBA. And it's like, okay, we'll give it a shot. Long story short, it didn't really work out. So we then transitioned. And at that time, Candice was really starting to do her personal training stuff. And so we just kind of built things off of that. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So I always wanted to have a, my own app, but back then we didn't have the resource. Um, and then I started to see that uh, the trend in the state where people just have different online programs or uh, different app, and then in Taiwan there's none. Hmm. So I'm like, hey, I should actually start doing this because I know there's a need because that's hmm. how I started. That's how I got into fitness is because hmm. I saw those online platform and I used them and I. I love it, right? So that's when I brought the idea to him and say that, you know, we should try to do something online for fitness. Yeah. So you've always been the face of the brand? Yeah. And then even on more so the behind the scenes, the marketing, the sales, the operations. Yeah. yeah. And, and what were some of the things you, did you love like being a public figure? Were yeah. there any challenges? Um, the challenges are, are like, Education, like education, like educating people that you can actually switch, you know, personal training through online platforms. I think in Taiwan, we're oh, still yeah. a little bit behind. So you're selling, you're an early doctor of having an app. People are used to going to their one-on-one -on -one personal yeah. trainers. They didn't know if, so you have to sell them on, hey, we have an app. You yeah. don't need a trainer. Yeah. How'd you overcome that? What were some of the ways you, what was some of the messaging that worked? Well, I think the most powerful message is through testimonials, 
Yeah. So just show them the result. This is the user. This is the client who got results through online mm -hmm. platform, and you can definitely do that too. So and an another. A thing that we do is we build a community. So we group people together. We do like in-person events, mm. um, and then also like different online events to uh, get people connected. So <clears throat> then they started to share among their friends, and then that's how we started the whole uh, online business. Yeah. Well, what did the growth look like for you guys from like zero to a million, zero to two million? What was the time frame? People love to hear the uh, how many years did that take? What was the trajectory like? What and, and what was happening at each of those milestones? Yeah, it's definitely been a process over the years because we've been at it. This is our third year now, yeah, right? So going into mm -hmm. our third year, and so overall, it's definitely been something where we just had to take it one step at a time. Now, it's three years with the app that we've created, but prior to that, we had another. You should start was, with ebook first. Yeah, so it was an ebook. So we had the ebook, and that was just a way to basically build an audience in a sense because yeah. we heard about this idea about okay just use a free book to kind of get leads and build the list and everything we tried to do the email thing but back then we had no idea what we were doing so Kansas was trying to set everything up on like Wix or Weebly or Wix, Wix site yeah. we didn't know what we were doing um, so when we sent people to when she sent people to download it because we had the free version of the site it couldn't handle all the traffic because we had too much traffic that exceeded the free version and so we didn't know what we were doing so Candace came up with a smart idea of oh let's just put everything in a private Facebook group and then tell people okay join the private Facebook group and then you can download the ebook so mm -hmm. then that's what we did and it turned out to be great because like in the first week it was like 6,000 people or something yeah the first day like 6,000 6, people joined wow that's yeah. yeah when I see that number I'm like okay I'm onto something I'm Definitely need to build this app, like in the future. Yeah. yeah. So that was the, that's crazy. That's that's a lot of people right out of the gates. Yeah. yeah. So when we saw that, it's like, okay, well, where did they all come from? Their following. My following, and also like my influencer, fitness influencer friends. Like I didn't ask them to uh, promote it, but because <sighs> it's free, they're like, well, I can't believe you make it free, right? And they're like, oh, I, I gotta share this for you. Okay. So how how big was your following at the time? How did you grow your following? Uh, how did I grow my following is just through, well, back then when I started use Instagram in Taiwan, that's when Instagram's algorithm is really good. Mm. Uh, so I kind of just catch the right moment to start doing my social media. And then the second thing is through like okay. me. You yeah. know, don't be humble anymore. Tell us what you're really doing. That's true. That's true though. <laughs> you got some wave, but you were yeah. doing the right stuff as well. What kind of stuff were you specifically doing? Because um, a lot of people started them but didn't get the same traction. I also um, reached out to fitness influencer in Taiwan. So I reached out to them, collaboration. I'm like, hey, can we meet up? You know, we have same interests and uh, they are very friendly. So we meet meet up and through different meetup, we tag each other on social media, and that's how I get a lot of followers from them. Because back then they had way more followers than me. It's awesome. You yeah. still collaborate? You want collaboration still? No, not really for now. Yeah. But the collaborations was the thing that really created traction to grow the following. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. What would be your um, number one piece of advice for creating content to help a female fitness coach to grow her following, to get new eyeballs on her brand right now? To be honest, I feel like the, the, the videos that performed really well, at least on my social, social media or my observation, is very, try, just try to be authentic, authentic and be you. 
And a lot of people would do like workout videos and all that kind of stuff. It's just too many workout videos out there. there mm. There's nothing special about you. Mm. So don't just copy whatever people are doing. Just be you. Like create the content that you really truly want to convey the message to the, your audience and make it that make it more interesting. Mm. And I feel like the the real the what's it called the uh, the more authentic you are. Mm. Um, the more you can attract people. Gotcha. Well, one of the big themes we talked about today is, is comparison. Yeah. You want to share some insights from that and how you stay in your lane and what we've been chatting about because yeah. it's easy to get caught up in what are other people doing. Yeah. So how do you stay focused on the authentic you? Um, so I've made a lot of mistakes. I always compare myself to other what other uh, influencers are doing and I try to copy that and I kind of just lose myself and I also see my numbers are going down because because of doing that mm. so what I would actually currently I'm, I'm doing right now is I have my own videographer mm. so he I mean she will just go if I go to an event for for example podcast or boot camp she'll just come with me and just film whatever I said at the moment and that make it a content mm. and then we notice that when we do that, those video uh, tends to do really well compared to like pre-recorded video or like um, workout video right. or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. people like to see the raw and real you. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Daniel, what do you find some of the challenges in growing these days? So, 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 so to take us actually before you share that, how the business grew. So you had 6,000 followers into the Facebook group and then like what was the financial model over the last three years. Yeah, so at first then transitioned into, okay, well we have an audience now, how do we monetize it? And so the initial thought was back then she was working for a gym. I'm like, well, let's just have you rent your own space. Mm -hmm. You have an audience now, tell them, hey, you're gonna do your classes. You can charge a little more and then you don't have to give the, the gym a, a cut anymore. So we did that, but then after a few months, we quickly realized that it's not a scalable model because She's going to be exhausted after, at the end of every single month by you know being overworked with so many classes. So then that transitioned into doing an, um, an app where we're like, okay, we don't have enough financial resources to build our own app. So I did the research and trying to find how we could support that. And I found this company that they do white label apps. So they basically have created an app and then you can just put all your programs into there and then you can then sell your app to your following. And so we did that for about a year and a half and was able to do decently well with that and then you know we then took a good amount of the proceeds because we try to save as much of that as possible and then we took the proceeds from that to then uh, build the app that we have now today. Yeah. How many users are on the app? Okay. Right now we have just under 20,000 paying yeah. subscribers. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've got an app Mm -hmm. The app is meeting the needs of general fitness enthusiasts who want to get in shape. Yeah. yeah. Now, when we met, the app was already very successful, mm -hmm. very far, far down the road. One of the problems you guys wanted to sell is have a more profit-rich business mm -hmm. and add in another stream of revenue, yeah. which we identified as coaching. Mm -hmm. Talk about how that is incorporated into the business, how that's fit, where it fits. Talk about the coaching side. Yeah, so we knew... Um, pretty early on that we were going to need to do that because one of the books I love is uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. And, you know, it talks about <clears throat> to build a $1 million company, you just have to focus on one product and just really focus on that really well. To then go to 
the next day, which is a $10 million company, you need to offer a lot of different back-end products. So we were trying to think, okay, what can we do? We tried physical products, complete disaster. We mm -hmm. then said, well, why don't we just smarten up and ask the audience what do they actually want? What, what were you trying to sell by the way? Physical stuff. Well, we didn't even get to the point of selling it because it was such a disaster and like yeah, actually trying to work with the supplier yeah. and like uh -huh. create stuff and mm -hmm. a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And then we ended up just scrapping it before we even got to sell it because we were huh. just so frustrated with how we end up just sending um sending the, the gifts. Clothes? Yeah. It's well like we guess um accessory it is a gift box so we would oh. like have a foam roller a water bottle a jump rope things like that we we're going to sell it as this package because it was this kind of the thing that we thought okay you know a, a, you know when a person subscribes to the app it's mm. something that they could also purchase as like an upsell it's like Got okay, it. here you can buy this in addition but the process was so complex and and takes so long it takes so long and honestly speaking we just did you know we weren't the right people to do that looking back we would have hired a who to take care of that yeah. But in, you know, back then we didn't know really what we were doing. We we're trying to do everything on our own and yeah, it didn't really work out. So then we transitioned into coaching. We're like, okay, how can really, we really make this, this coaching thing work? So that's the time that I joined uh, 7FM because I'm like, okay, well, cause I, I'd asked Craig and Craig was like, well, I know just the guy to, to introduce you to. And then, you know, joined 7FM and then from there really just built everything out and it was, you know, really clear, just followed up all the different modules, you know, building out your entire program and just follow that step by step. And since then, it's just been a constant evolution of, okay, mm -hmm. how do we continue to try to make this even better for our clients so that way we can deliver the best service. Yeah. So front end acquisition is through the app, yeah. low dollar. Mm -hmm. Now people come in, they want more access. They want specifically what's the differentiator between the app and the coaching. So the number one, well, you want to get into that? What's the biggest thing? Well, yeah. definitely is the accountability from the coaches and also the the nutrition uh, offer we have, the nutrition guidance we have for them, yeah. Gotcha. And you guys have a really unique way of selling the high ticket coaching, Yeah. which I don't know of anyone else who's doing uh, this well. Can you share how you're doing the group selling model? Because that's a game changer for anybody listening whose call calendars swarmed with calls or they want to cut back on calls and you guys kind of crack this code, it's going really well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for us, what we're doing is a workshop method. And the best way to describe it is it's a hybrid between a webinar format and a traditional sales call. And the reason is because, the reason it's a hybrid is because it's a group of people, but it's a small group in such that you can actually be able to communicate with people during the workshop method. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'll let Candice, take the mic here in a second to explain all the details about how she actually does it. But in terms of the operational standpoint about what we do, we just have a landing page that we send the traffic to. And then from there, then they watch a video. And then after they watch the video, then they get to fill out an application form. And then after they fill out the application form, they get to book a, book a workshop slot. But this is the first part and a very critical part in the workshop method, which is we actually make them pay, pay mm. to book a workshop spot because it, it goes into one of the psychological principles of commitment. Yeah. And so if you pay for something initially, you're much more likely to think that that thing is valuable because you, you know, your money's on the line. So not only that, but you're also gonna show up. So for us, we've had amazing show up rates, 90, 95% show up rates without having to do any follow-up because mm -hmm. people are just like, I paid for that, I'm gonna show up for it. Yeah. So that's a big aspect. And then the final aspect is once they've paid, they've also, they've already voted with their dollars 
in the direction that we're going to talk about in the workshop, which is investing in yourself. So mm-hmm. I'll let Candace talk about the next stages of, you know, what goes on in the workshop and how the yes. workshop is conducted. So uh, before they join the workshop, they need to watch a 15 minutes video of me talking about uh, if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, you have to attend this workshop because this is not for everyone. We kind of want to create that scarcity. Yeah. And then so when they join, uh, the first thing I would ask them is, I would ask them one-on-one, like, why are you here? Like, what's your problem? What, what are the things you really want to uh, see improvement? And then I would literally write down those, uh, their questions, their pain points, and then I will show them, show them the whole slides of how I can solve their individual problems mm. through this online coaching. So whatever I'm sharing at the moment is very different every single time because yes. I receive their uh, information first. I think that's a very crit- critical part. And then uh, uh, the later part of the slide is I show different testimonials to them. And then also the last part is, you know, basically tell them, hey, this is the, the only, uh, this is a limited offer that we only offer you through this workshop. You just sign up during this workshop, you can get this discounted price but if you're you if you didn't join at this moment then you won't get this price so we just need a first adopter mm. the early adopter we just need one fast action taker exactly <laughs> it there's always there's always one person who's gonna pay right and right away and that when that person pay right away immediately i would congratulate her in front of every single person uh, every single one and then ask them one key question say how are you feeling right now are you feeling great are you feeling you are looking uh forward to it are you feeling like basically awesome. yeah so they would start to share how they feel They're, they would feel like oh I, I i really feel like i can really uh change like i finally can get rid of all this uh, problems that i have blah blah and then when they start sharing that, that first person started to share that, all the other person you can tell they're Shoot, they are you can tell they are holding on their phone like trying to uh, join the, yes. the coaching. That's a hospital card or things like that. You can hear yeah. the numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you get somebody to stand up, walk to the front of the room, essentially. Yeah. Hand in their paperwork, yeah. and then everybody else starts feeling fear of missing out. But I love how you gather their intel at the start. Yeah. yeah, and you limit it to about how many was the sweet spot? Ten people, twelve, 12, 12 people. Twelve, right. is, 12 is the sweet, sweet yeah. spot. So sometimes we'll have people yeah, really reschedule cool. last minute, or you know the occasional no show. So usually we'll run with a minimum of ten, um, and the most is is twelve. Yeah, yeah. it's genius. Yeah. So you don't have a sales team. No, no. You know, multiple millions a year, high ticket yeah. coaching plus app without a sales team. You guys hear that? That's really cool. So that's that's a great solution. Um, Talk about now one of the things that we discussed today, scaling your high ticket coaching program. What's been one of the bottlenecks that you've had to face and how we're going to overcome that? That's one of the big things. A lot of people listening have high ticket coaching programs and most trainers, I'd say the majority of trainers are in this business, not for the money, but to serve people, help people Mm -hmm. and like to have that high touch element of a coaching program where people are paying higher bucks. So one of your solutions is to have a coach mm-hmm. for a dedicated number of people, mm-hmm. but that creates a bottleneck of being able to scale your coaching, mm-hmm. which you could easily do because you have the base in the app, yep. but in order to deliver, you need more coaches. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, share a couple insights because it's a really unique problem to have. 
Mm-hmm. You're not, most companies are bottlenecked by front end acquisition. Mm-hmm. They just don't have enough leads. Yeah. You have sufficient leads, but you need sufficient delivery. Mm-hmm. If you bomb the delivery, then you'll bomb the front end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are, you, how are we building out the back end? How are we building out the coaching department? What were some of the insights? Yeah, well, one of the key insights that actually started, you know, when we were discussing earlier, kind of something that we ended up doing as well, which is taking a step back to reflect and kind of slow things down. Because initially, when we first started, we're like, okay, we're going to grow and we're going to scale this to seven figures in six months or something crazy like that. And we're just going to just, this thing's just going to take off. But we quickly realized that we were pushing it too hard. And as a result, one of the consequences we had is high client turnover. And that was causing, you know, our deliverability wasn't nearly as good as it, it should be. And that wasn't on the coach's fault. That was, you know, as leaders, we always need to reflect on ourselves. And, you know, I love the quote from, you know, Bader's always talks about leadership is a problem. Leadership, leadership is a solution. And so yeah. we reflect and like, okay, you know what, let's take some time to slow down and actually map out, okay, what, what is this actually supposed to look like? What do we actually need to put into place? So one of the first things that Candace started working on that has done really well was the um, working on establishing those um, the guidelines and nutrition protocol for our coaches. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, basically uh, laid out a process and system as clear as possible for them. So even though they have never done this before, they can kind of see like the SOP and know how to do that. So we actually uh, give them a one month training before they actually they can actually take on clients. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is we work on our onboarding process for the new coaches who join. So that's been working really well. Um, but like you said, the bottleneck is to have more coaches join. Mm. And yeah, like we said today, we need to probably create a, a product for, for the coaches so that... Some kind of training certificate yeah. or something yeah. to be able to, to get more leads coming in. Because yeah, now it's... It's the problem on the opposite end where we need more leads coming in for applicants to work for us. And so we need more coaches to be hmm. coming in and not, not actually clients because we don't have those lined up, but it's we actually need people to come in and, and work for us. And we've had interest, but the problem is the training is insufficient. And so one of the things into you were sharing that, is, that was a really great idea is, okay, well, why don't we just actually work on creating something to train them so that way when they quote unquote graduate, they're ready to, to work for us. Exactly. So that's going to be huge. And the problem is, is again, a lot of people don't have qualified coaches to deliver, as you guys said. So you guys are going to create that process, mm-hmm. create the non-negotiables, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, and they're going to have now an opportunity to get plugged into a company that can provide leads. Mm -hmm. So essentially you guys are becoming the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, why does everybody go work at LA Fitness or Good Life Fitness? It's because they have an endless supply of leads. Mm -hmm. And we want to start attracting people who want to make money from their passion, not just trainers as well. So I think a big part of expanding your empire, your business is thinking differently. Mm -hmm. And one of the big shifts for you guys is definitely focusing on spending more time looking for talent Mm -hmm. because if you find the right talent, then they'll solve your lead problem as well. Mm. And they'll uh, also be able to help you support the delivery, which is the actual bottleneck in in, in most companies when they get to multiple millions. How do you scale consistent Mm -hmm. delivery? Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is seems like a step back, a project domain. We need to start, we've got to create this whole thing over here. But this will be a whole new foundation to grow from. Mm-hmm. 
Because you don't need a lot of coaches. Two good quality coaches a month Mm -hmm. creates a whole new revenue scale from the coaching in itself. So just a big insight. I think what people are thinking about growing their business is a lot of people just think of them in terms of sales, front-end acquisition. But if you don't have the infrastructure, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the operations to deliver, if you don't have a moat, if you will, protecting the brand, the client experience, then yeah, you can implode from the inside. So there is something to be said about stabilizing before trying to grow again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stabilize before you try and grow. Make sure everybody's happy. (laughs) Make sure everybody's happy. Make sure the systems are in place. Things aren't breaking. And I think I've seen a lot of people got to break the business. That means we're growing. Don't break it too bad. Mm -hmm. Right? This this isn't a race. So how are you guys um, managing just the pace sometimes these are new like hey you guys are fast action takers mm-hmm. how's this mindset you know how are you guys uh responding to it is it is it hard to receive like hey you got to slow down in order to speed up later on is it exciting because a lot of people are like oh shoot it feels like the three steps back really it's setting it up to go four steps forward mm-hmm. but this kind of, this is a new project right right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think uh, when we realize that it's when we see uh, refunds are getting um, more and more. Um, so that's when I started to realize, hey, is there something that we are not deliver to the customer that make the customer make that decision to leave us? Hmm. So um, there's a period of time we, we just constantly get frustrated with like refunds. So. I was telling Daniel, hey, maybe we should take a step back and really look into all the, all the like you say, infrastructure, all the things that we're doing. And then that's when we realized we are just too focusing on um, go, 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 and then not realizing that, hey, if the coaches are ready, if our SOPs are in place, um, how are we onboarding the clients? Does, uh, do the clients have a really... Uh, welcoming happy onboarding or yeah. experience or they're just like oh i got in the program and then oh the coaches are not like doesn't really understand my needs mm. yeah so that's when we really uh want realize we need to take a step back and also um we see uh our coaches are getting frustrated with like amounts of work they need, need mm. to catch up with yeah gotcha yeah so creating better systems that's awesome yeah so so talk a bit about the um the uh, idea of letting go. So one thing that was a theme here today is that you guys got your hands in a lot, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And we didn't dig too deep, but a lot of it comes from not um, feeling important if you don't have your hand in enough departments, right? Mm -hmm. And a big temptation for entrepreneurs as they grow is to keep doing the same amount of work. Mm -hmm. Because it feels weird to be making more money and not doing the same things that you initially did. Mm-hmm. But what we discovered is that you guys have a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to delegate and elevate more often. Fewer KPIs, clear KPIs. Mm-hmm. And we could probably simplify dramatically with more output. How did that land for you guys? <laughs> yeah, it's something that we've... We've been thinking about for some time now, but it really helps to actually, you know, hear it firsthand. And then also what was really helpful being here is also seeing you and hearing about how you do those things. And, you know, you walking us through your schedule, you know, 
opening your laptop and walking us through, you know, how you guys run your operations, you know, run your meetings, you know, all that sort of stuff, because then it gives us clarity into like, oh, it actually is possible to run a successful company, a multi-million dollar successful company without needing to have our hands in every single thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And um, now one of the goals we've talked about is increasing profits, investing in your real estate, taking more trips. Yeah. That's all part of the process. So you have to have that vision. Mm -hmm. So a big part of being able to let go is knowing you need more time to one, feel the celebration along the way, the milestones you're hitting. Mm -hmm. Actually like, hey, let's go feel this mm -hmm. as opposed to just setting the next goal. Spending more time together. Mm -hmm. Are you guys looking forward to that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> it's a weird thing to talk about. Yeah. But I'm bringing it up because I know so many entrepreneurs that you just get so busy with work, work, work. And, uh, you know, there's other needs in life that have to be met. And sometimes when you're all in the business can meet a lot of your needs. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can also lead to disconnection in relationship. And mm -hmm. I'm a product of, unfortunately, learning the hard way and being just all focused on business, taking your relationship for granted. And next thing you know, there's issues that now have to be dealt with. So I always like to ensure that you guys know that you're not running a marathon. Mm. You're running an ultra marathon, mm. <laughs> 10 marathons, never mind 10 ultra marathons back to back to back to back. And a big part of being able to finish mm. and finishing well mm. is to ensure you're recovering through the run. Mm. And then what's that going to be perhaps look like for you guys? We talked about a few things. Putting you guys on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think a big thing that you shared was something that we know, but again, it's just a matter of implementing it, which is having, for example, say cutoff times and arranging times to have those date nights and following the structure of making sure that we set aside time to also take care of ourselves. Well, I think I love the, the structure you were sharing about how you do your week in the sense that Monday you first take care of yourself and then Tuesday you take care of the team and then Wednesday you take care of the clients and so on. And then also not only that, but also setting aside other time to do things that are non-work related. I mm -hmm. think that's something that we definitely are gonna be working more on actively this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And you guys are gonna um, yeah, install some new systems that keep you guys connected, that may obtain a stronger foundation to grow from as well. Yeah. I think a lot of time like business owners, like you get so wrapped up in your identity of like how well the business is doing financially, that is all you talk about. I know that's happened to me. And then you kind of miss out on other things that bring you to life. Yeah. And then that came out. If the business is not going well, then you're like, shoot, the business isn't, and there will be times. This is the thing I hate to scare you guys, but there will be times where the business is not doing well. There will be valleys. There will be times where just, you know, what hits the fan. Yeah. And if your identity is all in the success of the business, then next thing you know, you're, you're in disconnection. Yeah. So ensuring that there's systems in place to stay connected so that, hey, if the business, for God, you know, uh, you know, you know, hopefully, not God willing, um, you're still connected mm -hmm. and you can rebuild because you have that strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And I see, I see a lot of couples just falling apart because there's too much stake in just this one dimension of the life. Mm -hmm. So you guys um, are awesome. You guys are killing it. I'm excited mostly for you guys 
weekly date nights, new getaways, quarterly, more vacation time, more mm -hmm. ski trips. Yeah, ski trips. <laughs> this is the stuff because this is the stuff that also acknowledges that you guys have worked hard. Yeah. And then we forget to celebrate that. Yeah. And like that's good. Yeah. Feel that. Mm -hmm. The more you feel it, the more you're going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. And what we talked about in order for you guys to scale to the next level, it's going to require different strategy, more delegation, mm -hmm. more trust within the team, mm -hmm. more alignment with the mission, which requires your team to level up. Mm -hmm. And the only way your team can level up is if you create an environment where they can also fail forward, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary because you guys can jump in and fix the day. But guess what? They never learn how to grow because they know that you guys are going to come in and save the day. Yeah. So they're never forced to take ownership. And when you can keep giving that vision, they'll eventually have more sense of ownership of the company, the success, mm -hmm. which makes them more invested, which creates more space for you guys to keep thinking and keep staying connected, which continues the growth. Mm -hmm. yeah. sure. Make sense? Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed your trip here. Yeah. Had a great lift this morning. Great half day. You guys are going to go down to the honky talk tonight, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some cowboy boots. Can we get this guy some cowboy boots or what? Candace is going to Yeah. 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 Go to the Kovas. Right. Don't, don't go to the place where you can buy three boots for the price of one. <laughs> okay. You'll have blisters for months. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, sometimes things are too good to be true. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, where can people follow you guys and uh, where can they follow your work online and see what you guys are up to? Where? Yeah. yeah, so oh. for for the for a company, it's newly.app, uh, so N-U-L-I dot A-P-P on Instagram. Yeah. And then for Candice, what's yours? Uh, Candice underscore sweat life. Yeah, yeah. sweat life. Everything's going to be in Chinese. <laughs> yeah, and then for me, I don't post very much. I do more stories um, and like behind the scenes, daily life kind of stuff. Uh, and that's just my name, Daniel dot Schreiber. Awesome. Well, Dan, Daniel and Candice, thank you for joining me. Guys, you got some value from this episode. I know you did. Share it on your social stories. Tag a friend. Text it to somebody. Pay it forward. And we would really appreciate uh, helping, having you help us reach more people. So have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao.